0: Good morning, we're going to start with a quick quiz, can anyone tell me, because I love finding out these little nuggets from history that sometimes you might not know, but can anyone tell me the name of the boat that Jesus and his followers were in when uh, they found the miraculous catch of fish and when the calming and the storm and other such journeys happened, does anyone know that name of that boat? No? Oh, I'll just wait because Rachel's throwing mics around the stage. The name of that boat is the Discipleship. Hey, I thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you to this side who clapped, that side who rolled their eyes. So, we are in week four of our our series on discipleship, and I've called it Discipleship Done, because we've done it, we've heard from Dave, Rose, and Deck different perspectives on discipleship, we thought it'd be brilliant to do that at the start of the new year, and now we've done it, we don't need to hear about it, do we? Because we've got it sorted, we're all okay, that is, as we say, discipleship, discipleship done. Now, some people are nodding, going, yeah, that's good. Don't get those preachers back ever again. I don't think so, because we've heard feedback how each one brought real nuggets of gold and their perspectives on discipleship for us. But now we've done it, we can move on to books of the Bibles we like, characters of the Bible we like. We can move on to other things. Is that okay? No. No. Of course it's not okay, is it? Because discipleship isn't just a series. We heard that from Dave at the very start. It isn't just a series, it isn't just a meeting, the discipleship meeting on a Tuesday, led by the disciple leader. It is all about how we journey with Jesus our Master and learn from him and follow him, but also how we include others on that journey. And we are all called to a life of discipleship. It's not just the select few. It is all of us. Our journey as Junction 10 is that we're a community of believers with Jesus at the centre. And that sums up discipleship. Having Jesus at the centre of what we do. Walking together but also bringing others in that community. And leading others on in that community. And everything we do should point to this. Talking of speakers, next week we have Isway Nkosi from 24-7 Prayer and you may have heard him if you listen on Lectio 365. He's regularly on that and I know a blessing to many of us. We're really excited to have him with us so please be with us next Sunday morning for Isway. But Before we do that, I want to introduce you to someone. Now, some people have already texted this week, know the answer. So, if you know the answer because I've texted you, don't go, oh, I can say the answer because we know you're not clever. I've just texted you. So, can anyone who I haven't messaged tell me who this is? Pow Torres. Now, Jack was one of the people that I did actually message. So, uh, straight away, he has shown himself up to be a cheat and a braggand. But... (laughs) And Tony is putting his hand up. I messaged, well, I messaged your wife, didn't I? So you're sort of cheating by default. So so Junction 10 is a community of cheats. But yeah, this is Pau Torres, my very good friend, Pau Torres. And I'll show you why. So if you don't know... Pau Torres, not to be confused with Paul Torres, whoever he is, it says here, but is a Spanish professional footballer, plays as a centre-back for Premier League club Aston Villa and the Spanish national team. Now, for those of you who are a bit worried, if you were here last, uh, last week, where we did get into a moment where it seemed we were praying to Jesus through Jurgen Klopp, if you're with us for that, we've had about 50 letters of complaint, I wrote them all, but but with it it's not going to go to that okay it's just pau torres he's my very good friend now why is my very, is he my very good friend you'll ask well here's why because on sunday we went to an italian the first time we've been to this italian for my mom's birthday and you know when you sit in there and you think i recognize that person then i realized it was my mom because we're there for a birthday <gasps> But then also, past her was a young man, I thought, I recognise him. And I realised it was Pau Torres, the Aston Villa and Spanish defender. And then, I needed to prove it to people. Mm -hmm. So, we used my nephew, and we used him as a bit of a human shield, where we took photos of him enjoying his ice cream and different things, with Pau Torres in the background, just in case I didn't get a picture of Pau Torres. But then you'll see, we started off with quite a ropey selfie that I took. Usually my sturdy hands would be better than that. I think it's the light behind. But then we got a lovely picture there. It's funny, one of my family saw that picture and thought it was me and my brother, fat Chris, which he's quite tall as well. Looks a bit similar to that, but we researched that jacket. It's worth about 500 quid, so definitely Chris wouldn't be doing that. But why am I talking about Pau Torres? Well, I met him. I talked to him. I found out lots of things. I found he lived around the corner, so if I want to carry on my friendship, I know where that is. I got introduced to his, um, his girlfriend. This is great. His name's Pau. Her name is Paula. So you've got Pau and Paula, that's excellent, isn't it? So found out all that, and yet my great friend, Pau Torres. However, I haven't been in touch with him in the week. I haven't carried on, I haven't been around his house. It was just a chance meeting, it was seeing Pow. I was very excited, loads of people got the pictures. I even found out my favourite player ever was in the same restaurant the night before. So me and Tony, the Villa fans here, we go into that restaurant every night till we see him. But for, for many of us, we have these amazing encounters. Now, many might be with people. But actually, when we think about our relationship with Jesus, many of us have had these amazing encounters. And many people are really excited for a while... But nothing really then happens. We have seen in our church over the years, healings. People we've not seen before come to know Jesus, get healed, and they've had an amazing encounter, but then nothing then happens. It's just like, oh, they move on with their life. They're not growing in that knowledge and experience of God. You'd expect me with Pow not to be seeing him again. I was just a fan who saw him. But actually, the natural relationship with Jesus is that grows and develops. We don't want the thing where we have Christians being converted or going, wow, like we did in communion today. I found out about Jesus dying for me. But then, nothing really happens. We've had people over the years who do that. And the parable of the sower, Jesus told, talks about how many people get excited for Jesus, but then things happen that sort of chokes their growth or mean it's stolen from them. They don't realise there's an exciting journey of discipleship to go on. And some of us, even if we're Christians for many, many years, maybe we could say we've had that encounter or we've had encounters, but at the moment we'd say, well, it seems a sort of dull patch or a dry patch or nothing much has happened. So how do you do it? How do you follow Jesus correctly? We're going to have a look at Mark 12, 28 to 34, and it's coming on the screen now. And it says, the most important command. One of the teachers of the law came and heard Jesus arguing with the Sadducees. Seeing that Jesus gave good answers to their questions, he asked Jesus, which of these commands is the most important? Jesus answered, the most important command is this. Listen, people of Israel, the Lord our God is the only God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second command is this. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. There are no commands more important than these. And in some sense, and Dave talked about this on the first week, this encapsulates the discipleship journey. Love God and love those around you. Now, what's interesting with this is I love how um, the man answered this. That was a good answer, teacher. You were right when you said God is the only Lord and there is no other God besides him. One must love God with all his heart, all his mind and all his strength. And one must love his neighbour as he loves himself. These commands are more important than all the animals and sacrifices we offer to God. I love how this guy marks Jesus' work. He goes, yes, Jesus, what you say is correct. Well done. That's a brave man, isn't it? But actually... Jesus says this, when Jesus saw that the man answered him wisely, he said to him, You are close to the kingdom of God. And after that, no one was brave enough to ask Jesus any more questions. Now, similar stories come up in Luke 10, 25 to 37, and that includes the parable of the Good Samaritan. And then also we've got Matthew 22, 34 to 40. And these are definitely different because we can see that the questioner in this is probably not seen to be as favourable in why they're asking questions and how they're reacting Jesus. And it's most possible that these were all different events because you know if you go and see a celebrity do a book signing or sometimes if they're promoting a book you think just because they're in different places they'll be given different answers but they're always asked the same things did you enjoy this film do you, what's your favorite film etc and probably that was very similar when jesus was going around he was being asked very similar questions and the language of the mark passage does suggest that the teacher in the law in this instant was a genuine questioner he wasn't trying to trick Jesus he genuinely wanted to know and through Jesus's ministry we do see totally different responses to those who genuinely want to know and find out more compared to those who were trying to uh, trick him and catch him out and what he was asking is which are the commands from our history from our Jewish history, are the most important. And as Jesus was answering, well, probably even before Jesus answered, people would have expected that. And when he was saying it, you probably got people, like sometimes where we do a famous verse here, starting to say it with him because they knew it. They knew this. And they knew that it was Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and your strength. And then linking that with the other command of loving your neighbour as yourself. Both of them would have been very obvious to most of the people listening there. But when we hear verses like that, we can immediately look at it in a glass half empty kind of way. Maybe straight away when you saw that you went, oh, he's going to ask us, how much do we love Jesus? And I'm probably going to say 26% of my heart, 34% of my mind, 18% of my soul. I'm not even sure about my strength. This is the Shema, and it's the Jewish confession of faith. They knew it, but we also know through Jewish history, they found it very, very difficult to execute. They went through many times where they just didn't love God with all their heart, mind, strength, and soul. And... Even at the start of the year, the first sermon I heard this year, when I was in America, was on this, and they were talking about having a spiritual health check, just by looking at that and going, How are you? And they said a lot of people will just be beating themselves up, going, Well, I'm not as good as I want to, rather than knowing that that love is part of a great relationship with Jesus and themselves. I'm great at going to the gym when I go, I'm brilliant. If I go to a new gym, I love it. I, I love going on the machines and all the the thing I don't like is the induction. Because there you've got someone like Brad or Kylie, who is 18, they've they were born muscly. they're gonna be the next gladiator, and they're sort of they're busy on like TikTok or whatever, and then they see you come in as a, a wheezing early 30s or whatever I am, and go in and, and I don't know why anybody is laughing. (laughs) And there, they've got to tell you basically how to use the equipment and they show you how unfit you are. I don't want to know that. I just want to get fitter. Some people love all that. They go, oh, now I'm this and, and then they never go again. I just want to do the exercise. I don't want to know how bad I am. And what we need to remember, instead of going, well, this is us, and how bad we are at loving the Lord, our God, with all our heart, mind, soul, strength, and how bad we are at loving the neighbours, is it need to remember it's not that sort of health check. It's an invitation. An invitation from God for us to walk with him, and an invitation to others to join us on that walk. An invitation to join in the love that Jesus has shown for us by dying for us, and then responding to that love for God, and sharing that love to others. A few years ago, I was on the kids' team for Spring Harvest, and the theme for the whole program across all the sites, adults, Bible study, youth, kids, etc., was The Apprentice. And it was based around discipleship and walking with Jesus. However, a lot of demystifying had to be done, because for many people, the title, The Apprentice, made them think about someone like Donald Trump, you don't hear much about him these days, don't know what he's doing, or Sir Lord Alan Sugar, and the idea of God being a mean, gruff, spiky, like they are with anyone who doesn't meet their criteria of success. However, by doing that, we found that many people's view of God on their discipleship journey was someone with high standards who we could never match up to and theologically we have to get actually that is true that's the gospel we couldn't meet god's high standards but that's why jesus came into the world showed us how to live invited us on this journey of discipleship but also paid the price for the sins we do the things we think do and say that hurt god and hurt other people and because of that, we have Jesus' invitation to us in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. And this was what the apprentice discipleship theme of Spring Harvest was based on. Come to me, all of you are tired and on heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Accept my teachings and learn from me, because I'm gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your lives. The burden they ask you to accept is easy. The load I give you to carry is light. And this is a real comfort. And throughout Jesus' teaching, as I said, for different people, there were different messages. And you'll see there are times there are quite strong rebukes, even just before that in the passage. But also, he knows the message we need to hear, and individually what we need to hear. And I believe there are many who just need that message of comfort. Because actually, the last few weeks for me have been very exciting hearing about this amazing journey of discipleship. It hasn't been something to depress you, go, you're not meeting the bar. It's about saying, this is the journey we're all invited on, and we can invite others on to as well. And in jobs in the past, I was never very good at doing inductions, like showing someone what they have to do. It's not my favourite thing to do because I'm a bit impatient. And I'm never really sure how much to show someone something because I think, oh, they've got better things to do than just watch me for a certain amount of time. And also... I think sometimes I'll just tell them and they'll be all right. However, when I was 18 and I was giving an induction to somebody about washing up, uh, using the dishwasher, that wasn't good because I didn't tell them exactly how much foam stuff to use. And it meant we had a whole sort of, you know, like where you get foam everywhere in a kitchen. like It usually happens in a sitcom. That happened and we're sort of having to like cook fry breakfast while we're sort of surfing on a sea of foam. But what Jesus does is a bit of both. He does that, telling us what to do, but also asking us to watch, to learn from him. And we know as well, he promised the Holy Spirit that guides us, that shows us. And that's, again, what we can do to help others. Bit of instruction, bit of showing. But also, any of that we do should be pointing people to Jesus. We've seen so many people who their ministries are about pointing, themselves, pointing people to them. But it shouldn't be that. It should be about pointing to Jesus. I had a great privilege of going on tour with Dave Bowden, who came the first week. I drove him down to Folkestone and we had to drive back in the hurricane, you know, the one a couple of weeks ago. And so, you know, when you're really having to grip your steering wheel because you're just like (laughs) going from either side. And it was interesting because one of the things, as well as driving him, was setting up his bookstore, which actually I'm quite good at. I'm quite good at making a table look quite nice. Ooh, who knew? But it was interesting at the end when we were just there saying, oh, if you do want to buy a book, that's great. If not, just come and have a chat. Amazingly how some people would come straight away and say why they find discipleship Especially the part of it that say, oh, I can find the following God okay, but the speaking to other people, I find that difficult. And they'd say, this is what's happened in my life. This is the barrier. This is the reason why I can't do it. And some were quite like emotional about why they couldn't and things that really hurt them that means they felt they couldn't do it however it was also amazing how very quickly by speaking to people and praying with them how their focus seemed to shift now this could be a ruse to get away from me and Dave quickly who knows but actually sometimes we can get fixed in the way that we do things this is the way we will and this is the way we will always be we think people's reaction to sharing our faith will be negative. The weary evangelist, this is an old story, knocked on another door, fully expecting to have it slammed in his face. And sure enough, the older woman who answered angrily demanded that she, he leave once she figured out why he was there and slammed the door. The door, however, bounced back open and the woman shouted, "'Get your foot out of my door!' But, ma'am,' the evangelist began, when the woman again slammed the door in his face, once again, it bounced back open. "'I said, get your foot out of my door!' The woman yelled again. One more time, she slammed the door. One more time, it bounced bounced open again. But mom, the evangelist said again, only to be cut off. Don't talk back to me, the woman screamed in rage. I want you off my property. And she slammed the door a fourth time, only to see it bounce open a fourth time. Mom, the evangelist yelled as he beat a hasty retreat down the sidewalk. You'll be able to close your door if you move your cat out of the way. Oh, there was one clap and then a few. Oh, oh, we like cats. It's a made-up story, Rachel. You're fine. <laughs> Wherever you feel where you're on the journey, whether you feel really excited about getting to know God more and sharing that with others, or whether you feel a bit weary, the message version here can really inspire us of the verse that we've just read. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or all-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I've been doing a lot more walking over the last few years with friends. We're doing the Cornish Coastal Path or the Southwest Coastal Path and doing parts of that. And one of the rules in walking is you go as slow as the slowest person. Because you can get somebody who's really fit, walk off, march off, and no one's caught up with them. And then the sort of people are a bit more like, oh, 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 I've only just walked out the car park. But if you go too fast, they're just way behind and you're never going to finish. However, if you just let them set the pace all the time, you will just be in tea shops and souvenir shops the whole time. You won't get anywhere. So actually, it's important that sometimes you do pick up the pace. And Jesus knows for us what the pace we need. He talks about that love, but also that walking with us and the the burden being easy. Again, we know, looking throughout the Bible, there are parts where we know life is tough. And Jesus also says that. But the walking, following Jesus' listening, doing what discipleship is, being close to him, and then drawing people In that journey. And actually, I think in this discipleship series, there are many of you who probably know in your mind the next step that you're gonna do. But have you done it yet? There are some of you like, I must listen to that particular podcast. Oh, that things have got busy. Or I must go to that particular gathering or prayer meeting. Or I really feel I need to start this reading plan or something like that. And you're not doing it out of legalism. You're doing it out of a real love and you want to do that. But something's not got you moving yet. Just be encouraged to walk gently with Jesus on it. And then the part about getting others involved. I think there's also people who know a phone call they need to make a coffee they need to go on, a walk they need to go on with someone, a chat they need to go on. But again, maybe you just haven't quite thought about it yet. You haven't quite put it in place. Please be encouraged to do that. If the bank could come up, please. Let me encourage you today. God is a God of love who wants us to follow him. He knows our limitations and our weaknesses, but he calls us to a relationship with him. This morning we've got the prayer team unbrandished, they're going to be up there and please chat with them, pray with them about anything that's been said in the service or anything that you just feel you need a talk or pray with and what's great about them as well isn't just a one-off thing, they continue to pray for you throughout the weeks and they continue to do that. So I just challenge us all to live that life of love and we're going to use these two songs to rededicate or dedicate our hearts to God and ask him to lead us. This morning in our prayer time Penny mentioned a great old hymn that says strength for today bright hope for tomorrow and we just pray that upon you. So let's stand and let's rededicate and let's just process this together. If you do want prayer now Please go forward or they'll be here after the service as well. But let's just really focus in on God and dedicate our hearts to him. We've talked about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, mind and soul. And let's just start by giving God our hearts. Lord, you have my heart.